So after weeks of growing tension on the news, every morning I turn on the radio and I hear about tension in the Ukraine and tension in Russia. And then on Thursday morning, we all woke up and we heard that Russia had invaded the Ukraine. Uh, I heard radio reporters who were speaking to families that were fleeing Odessa on foot, um, reporters playing recordings of missile strikes that they had made in their hotel rooms. Uh, I saw a picture yesterday in the New York Times of a of a woman crying, holding an assault rifle, um, and, and the caption said that this is a teacher who is about to go and fight on the front. And here's what I want to say about that. Don't be ashamed to pray. Don't be afraid to pray. You know, this, this pandemic's been really long, and a lot of us have lost someone we loved, or we know someone whose health has been compromised. And as we're beginning to hope again that we're emerging, we hear about this war and we're already depleted. And you know, you kind of just want to like sit down and sigh and throw up your hands because there's no good place to begin and there's not a lot left. Don't be afraid and don't be ashamed to pray when you feel like that. I think that thoughts and prayers have kind of gotten a bad rap, right? And maybe rightly so when people are more concerned with looking like they care than actually caring. But if you wake up and you hear news that makes your heart hurt, and that makes your chest tight, and if you find yourself weary and you can't think of what you might do to help, and maybe you start wondering what this might mean for your own future or the future of people you love, don't, don't, don't not pray. You can pray. There's, there's some suggestions um, that I have. One is you can keep this church bulletin on the kitchen counter. Um, and during the week, you can use the prayer for the week. Anytime you see that bulletin lying there, you could say the psalm to yourself slowly. You could hum one of the hymns. You could open your Book of Common Prayer. If you, if you don't have one at home, we can get you one today. I think John's probably done a good job of that, though. Um, on page 154... There's a, a prayer called the Supplication, which is part of the Great Litany, which is one of the oldest texts in our prayer book. It, it goes back to 1554. So people have been saying these prayers for a long time. And, and the Supplication, you'll see in those italics there, that this is especially appropriate in times of war or national anxiety. So you can take your prayer book you can pray this prayer slowly. Um, or like phone a friend, call up a friend and say it together. Or say it with the folks you live with. Um, and, and a few pages before the supplication, let's see. On page 148, you, you have the full great litany. Um, and this too is a prayer that you can say yourself 
or with the folks you live with or, or, or phone someone up and say it together. These are prayers that are for us for deep grounding in God. These are prayers about God's power to love us. These are prayers about God's willingness to care for us and God's wisdom to guide us through hard times and in uncertain times. And you can also use your own words, or you can pray the Lord's Prayer. You can use the prayers in the back of the prayer book. There's prayers and thanksgivings on page 814. There's a prayer for peace, a beautiful prayer for peace. And on page 816, there's a prayer for peace among the nations. But whatever, however you do choose to pray today and this week, don't be afraid to, to just start with prayer, wherever you are. To let everything you do be grounded in prayer. You can let prayer be the place that you come from. Today is Transfiguration Sunday, and Jesus takes his disciples on the mountainside to pray. Jesus is the way, and he shows us what to do. He prays. And in the midst of the prayer, he's transformed. There is glory. We've been reading the Gospel of Luke, and, and by now you've probably realized that like glory is everywhere in Luke. It's in that Christmas birth story when the heavens open and the angels are singing glory to God in the highest heaven. On January 9th, the first Sunday in Epiphany, when Jesus is baptized and the heavens open, and the Holy Spirit comes down and God says, this is my beloved child. With you, I'm well pleased. And today, as, as the season of Epiphany ends for us, and we're looking ahead to a new season beginning with Lent on Ash Wednesday, today, again, the heavens open, and that voice says, this is my son, my chosen one, my beloved. Listen to him. All this season of epiphany, and epiphany means a revelation or an insight. And in the church year, this whole season after epiphany is a season where we celebrate and we see, we have insight into, into the reality that Jesus is the beloved child of God. And that we too are God's beloved children. At the beginning of the season with the baptism at the end of the season with the transfiguration. This is my child, my beloved one, my chosen one. And we can let these words resonate in our own heart too, as if God was saying them to us. Because we need to hear them, right? In the Gospel of Luke, the transfiguration, this mountaintop experience where Jesus' identity is affirmed, he is the child of God, he is the beloved, it's a turning point. He's born, he's baptized, he ministers, he goes on the mountain to pray, 
And from here on out, he's turning and he's turning back and he's going back to Jerusalem. And we're told Moses and Elijah are there on that mountaintop to talk to him about his departure. That means his death and the way that he's going to die. And for us too, the transfiguration is a turning point in our Christian lives in this time of epiphany where we know who Jesus is and we know who we are. That's the place we come from to go forward into the hard journey. And that's the journey we practice every year in the season of Lent. We're going to make a journey through loss and through repentance, through giving up the things we thought we needed to hold on to, and maybe even death or loss of the folks we love the most. But we walk, we walk this journey together, and we've practiced for it. This is why we're Christians. We've practiced and prepared for this. We know who we are. We're together. We're with one another. We're with Jesus. And we're with God. We're grounded in knowing that God loves us. God has love for each and every one of us and for every child on this earth. God has called and chosen each one of us. God is saying, my beloved child, you be my partner for healing this world. And that's why on this journey, we don't ever need to be embarrassed to start with prayer. We don't ever need to be ashamed if all we can do is begin with a prayer. Because that's where we come from. And that is where Jesus comes from. Prayer is what gives us the strength for the journey with our friends. Prayer is what connects us with the great leaders and with the prophets that came before us on this journey. And it's in prayer that we remember who we are that we're God's children, that we're loved, and that we're the one God has called for healing in the world. Amen.